It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> Life finds a way. Let me have this. <laughs> it's been a blessed experience to watch so many shitty movies. You start a fish tank. <laughs> you start a tropical fish tank because it's a pandemic and you want something that reminds you of the sunshine. It has a UV light in it and you get lots of little fish and you think nothing weird will happen. And then you wake up one morning after having had those fish for nearly eight months with nothing strange occurring and the entire tank is full of eggs. How long do you think a pregnancy lasts? <laughs> eight, it's an eight-month fish pregnancy. And they gave... They laid at least a hundred eggs. That is a Gaston quantity of eggs. <laughs> which our shark then ate. Yeah, which... Thankfully. And then you wait two days to see what will happen. You furiously post on Reddit asking, are these eggs fertilized? And most of the Redditors say, mm, probably not. And then you wake up the next morning, and they're all gone in the night, because your shark ate them. Listen, some things are just for the best. <laughs> Can you imagine the alternative? We'd have had, like, maybe 100 albino catfish bumbling around the tank. <laughs> yes, bumbling. You know what they're like. I know. They're not an, e- they're not an elegant fish. <laughs> Just darting from the floor of the tank to the top and back down again. You know, when you started this episode by speaking words... Mm. Yeah. And you took a long sigh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something profound about how this is going to be our last official episode. No! (laughs) But no, you were just talking about the fish fucking each other. I wanted to tell the people about the fuckery that's gone on in our flat... In our very own fish tank, after <laughs> nigh on a sound from them for eight months. Yeah. Except when they the shark ate those shrimp we put in. Yeah. Well, you know what? They seem to have gone back to being pious. With that being said, we had one guppy that we called Leslie Nope, and she's been eaten. She has been eaten. By the shark. I think she probably died first and then got eaten. We don't have any evidence the shark is killing them. I... I feel bad for Leslie Nope. Yeah. She was the the nicest looking Endler guppy we had. Yeah. She, she was very yellow and big flowery fins. Yeah. Um, and... And she got got... <laughs> <laughs> She's joined Fish Ron Swanson in heaven. Yeah. In fact, most of the parks in Red Cast. We have four Endler Guppies left, and we can't. Re- they're not long lived. We've not. We've, we've not, not done anything. Them. They wrong. just don't last long. They've they've reached the end of their and they little were already, already adults when we bought them. So don't think we've killed them. Uh-huh. But now what we've we got? Donna, Tom, Ben, and April yeah. left over. Yeah. Scrappy little gang. They're the last ones left, and because it's a, a lockdown, we can't replenish them at the moment. 
No. Well, yeah, we could always... The fish... The pet shop's open, but it's so far away that we have to get an Uber back, else we're just going to shake the fish by walking. Yeah. Like in Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know in these trying times if it's a good use of an Uber <laughs> to, like, replenish our fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> with guppies. So we thought it was going to get replenished all on its own with all of those eggs. Yeah. But, you know, Shannon, I don't know why you'd think that the fish would breed. Because all of the fish are female. They're not going to breed. They're not going to breed if we put them in the tank together. But, but as we've learned this week, time and time again, life finds a way. <laughs> Listeners, we've done something. We've, we've... I think it's apt that we're ending, like, our official stream of podcasts. Yeah. On, I think, our first five movie long marathon. Yeah, this is our longest one. We did three Spider-Mans for you folks, but we've done five Jurassic Parks. This is not a double danger, double dare, or a triple danger, <laughs> triple dip and dare, or a quadruple danger, <laughs> quadruple dip and dare. It's fuck. Hang on. Quintuple. Quintuple. Quintuple? I think so. Singtuple? I think it's quintuple. Five tuple? I'm pretty sure it's quintuple. Five tuple day. Quintuple, hang on, what did you say? Quintuple. Quintuple, I don't know why that did not compute in my head. Quintuple danger, quintuple dip and dare. Yeah. And can I just say, I still don't know what ever persuaded me to say double danger, double dip and dare in the first place whenever I said that. It's not a thing people say. It, it is just, now. It sprung from my mouth hole. We're... we're- we're leaders of the cultural zeitgeist. People say it now. Everyone says it. The TikTok <laughs> teens are saying it. When you move out of this house and someone else moves in and something happens where there are two things, I'll say, oh, it's a double danger, double dip and dare. And they'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> um, what? What? What did you say? That was weird. <laughs> and then I'll feel like a stranger in my own home. Unless they're a podcast listener. You and might, they know. You might have a fan move in. Yeah. yeah. Well, listeners, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only apt we should end this with Jurassic Park and that we end this just after our fish tank had the weird egg incident because our fish tank is Jurassic Park themed. It is. It's been... Well, it's not Jurassic Park themed. It's Jurassic Park themed. <laughs> because we bought a little Jurassic Park archway because we thought it would be funny when the fish swam under it. And let me tell you, listeners, it's still to this day the best thing that has ever happened. It's still good. If a fish swims through the Drisk Park arch, God, that's a good feeling. Well, we bought the arch online, and it's not licensed, so instead of saying Jurassic Park, which is what it looks like it says from a distance, instead of the IC at the end of Jurassic, it has a K... <laughs> That is shaped like an I and C sort of glommed together. Yeah, the I is gone. So it's Drusk Park. <laughs> and we also have a raptor skull in there. It's real. I took it from the ground. <laughs> I didn't buy it online. Not at all. We've also got a lava rock in there, which is yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Because there's a volcano on one of the Jurassic Park islands. Yeah. So really, and we have live plants in there. And what's happening this week? A volcano. Yeah. In Iceland. 
Which is an island <laughs> with a volcano on it that's going off. But surprisingly few dinosaurs. Yeah. Iceland got rid of its dinosaurs a long time ago. Have you seen How to Train Your Dragons? I have. It's that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it does feel appropriate. And it feels appropriate thematically, too, because you're a monster. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say monster expert. (laughs) But fine. Live your truth. (laughs) Um, Listeners, I'm starting my my PhD in, in English literature, studying, once again, monsters. I'm back on my bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> and that's why I'm leaving the flat, so we have to talk about monsters before I leave. Yeah, we were going to talk about monsters for last week's episode, but we didn't What we didn't record on that. We tried. What did we watch? We watched Ice Age. <laughs> and this was... I know we talked last week about sometimes we watch movies that are too good to record on, and that's not what happened here, folks. I was very disappointed. It was very disappointing, but it, I don't think it was bad in an interesting way. The only thing that's interesting about it is that the baby looks like Michael McIntyre. <laughs> Google Michael McIntyre and Google Ice Age Baby. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same being. But it is interesting that we watched Ice Age, a movie set in the Pleistocene, uh, right before doing Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, would you like to tell the listeners why? Yeah, this is something I've known about for a while, but for some reason just neglected to tell Shannon until this week. I've known you for a long time, and I don't know why I didn't tell you about this. I have mutual friends. <laughs> I know people who know people who would try... <laughs> It sounds fake, Shannon. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> We're trying to de-extinct Ice Age animals. Uh, for example, mammoths, woolly mammoths, and giant cave lions. And de-extinction uh, is the inspiration behind the novel Jurassic Park that later became the movie. I don't know if everyone knows that it was a book. Michael Crichton, the writer of the novel, went to a de-extinction conference and then came up with the idea for Jurassic Park. So, really, it's all coming together. Yeah, well, they they are legit trying to make a Pleistocene park. They're saying it's for conservation, and I will not comment on that. <laughs> because, again, I know people. I don't want to get got. I don't want to <laughs> get, like, assassinated by someone's, like, pet saber-toothed tiger. Or their cave lion. Yeah. I really want to say my fact about saber-toothed tigers. Now is the time. Now is the time. We would have said this in the Ice Age episode, but we're not making that episode because we don't want to. This was the only thing that was making me uh, want to record on the episode after watching it, but I may as well just say it now. I went to a a seminar once, uh, and there was a paleontologist who was saying that there's a theory going around that saber-toothed tigers used to attack early humans and Neanderthals in a particular way by hiding in trees outside of caves, waiting till the humans went out of the cave and underneath the tree, and then they would jump on the human and from behind the head grab it and sink its saber teeth into the eye sockets. (laughs) This theory has come about because they found human and tiger bones 
close together. Mm-hmm. And because in those instances, there are uh, puncture wounds from the inside of the skull, the same distance apart as uh, the distance between saber tooth, tiger teeth. So think about that next time you touch a cat. And that scene was deleted from Ice Age. It didn't test well. Uh, <laughs> when Diego <laughs> bounced on a man and just dragged him into a ravine. Yeah. <laughs> using its eyeballs. Yeah. It didn't it didn't go over well with test audiences of six year olds. Uh, so they did cut it, which is a shame because it's an interesting historical fact. And it was an interesting scene, you know, but I think it was ruined by Sid the whole time being like, Diego, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't talk about that for longer than this yeah. bit. Yeah, this is this has been the Ice Age uh, beginning of our Jurassic Park episode. Just because of the, the connection to Pleistocene Park, I think it's interesting. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're going to talk about fucking dinosaurs. Now, we watched five movies, and you're seeing me pull out my phone, and you know why. I know why. There's a risk that we could end up talking about the plots of these movies. There's not much risk I remember all the plots. (laughs) For the whole episode. And time's a chicken, you know? Yeah, as it does, as time tends to do. Bloody time. So I'm going to get the countdown music up on my phone. And I'd like you to remind me how long the countdown music is. It's not two minutes. I, I'm sorry I told you it was two minutes <laughs> when we did the Spider-Man episode. <laughs> how long is it, though? It's 34 seconds. Okay. It's 34 seconds. Do you want to just take it, just tag team it? Yeah, okay. You go first. I'm I'll gonna... go first. I'll go first. Right, Jurassic Park number one. You've got the big bad boy here. Yeah. Three scientists are invited to Jurassic Park, a, car, a, a theme park with live dinosaurs. The live dinosaurs escape because someone tries to steal eggs from the park and takes down all the electric fences. Uh, chaos ensues, and then the people get off the island, and it's all okay in the end. Wow. Anything else you want to add? Uh, Jeff Goldblum wears a leather jacket throughout the movie. Any, anything else? Uh, Velociraptors are in it. <laughs> It's light on plot. I think I covered the whole thing. Yeah. I have I just realized I do not remember. I think I was in like a weird like fugue state when we watched Jurassic Park 2. So I'm going to struggle. I'm just going to have a swig of beer. It's your I turn. was in not only physical pain, but also mental pain. <laughs> listeners, I'm gluten intolerant. And this was one of those nights where I just decided to eat an entire pizza. <laughs> Because I can. And I'm lactose intolerant, and I also made the same choice. Listen, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And if that's not the moral of Jurassic Park, then I don't know what is. (laughs) Don't eat a pizza if you're allergic to half of that pizza. (laughs) We've never learned. We've never learned. All right, tell us the the plot of Jurassic Park 2. Here's my excuse. I had brain fog. Jeff Goldblum is invited back to the island. He's like, no! Then he finds out his girlfriend has gone to the island. And he's like, oh, fuck. So he goes, oh, his daughter's there as well. She's a gymnast. And he's like, oh, my daughter's here. Uh, They steal some baby T-Rex. The T-Rexes fuck up the bus. People are trying to poach dinosaurs. They travel through the jungle. There's a corn maze. No, there isn't. (laughs) 
They're going to San Diego. There's a dinosaur. Oh dear. <laughs> I struggled. I struggled. Okay, I have to do Jurassic Park three. I think you're better at this okay, than okay, I am. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Alan Grant from the first movie is invited back to Jurassic Park. He's tempted by funding for his lab by two people who are, say, they're adventure tourists. They land on the on the island when they said that they wouldn't, uh, because they're actually looking for their missing son who disappeared in the around the island shortly before. They run around looking for the son. They find the son. They get off the island. Everyone who isn't Alan Grant, the parents and the son, dies. Uh, that's the end of the movie. Wow. You're doing a lot better at this than me. I'm really bad at countdown. <laughs> I'm really bad at countdown. Uh, you have to do Jurassic World. Okay. One. If it means I don't have to do Jurassic World 2, then oh, fine. Oh, dear lord. Okay. Um, tell us the plot of Jurassic World. Jurassic World is into daytimes. It's a big theme park. People go to it. There's a businesswoman, Claire, and she designs special dinosaurs because people don't like dinosaurs anymore. But then it gets out. Oh, no. She gets Chris Pratt to help him, and he's a man, so he can help her. The military are there. They want to use triceratops for tanks. But that's not really explained. There's kids, and she learns that actually it's good to be a mother, And but she's their aunt. But then she doesn't get in trouble, and Chris Pratt's there. It's really annoying velociraptors. <laughs> shot Jurassic World directly into my brain. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Are you ready for Jurassic okay, World Okay, too? okay, I can do this. <laughs> the island is being threatened by a volcano. Claire and Owen want to save the dinosaurs from the island. They go to the island with the military guys. It turns out they're not there to save the dinosaurs. They're there to sell the dinosaurs as weapons. They try to kill <laughs> Owen and Claire, but they actually survive and they escape the island. The rest of the movie takes place in a big house where the dinosaurs are being auctioned off to weapons manufacturers. And then eventually the dinosaurs are let loose onto the planet by a little girl who's also a clone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I had the most fun watching that one. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> so I think I had the worst two movies. Can I just say? I think I had the worst. You two. did have the worst two. <laughs> um, there's only one all around good Jurassic Park movie. There's two enjoyable Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, Jurassic Park 1. I think is a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. It, it holds up. It was made before I was born and it is it still looks fantastic. It's still really tense. Mm -hmm. um, the characters are all engaging. You understand <clears throat> uh, people's flaws and motivations. Yeah. You care um, about whether or not they get eaten by a velociraptor. <laughs> um, yeah. Just overall... It's a phenomenal film. And it's such an accurate representation of academia, too. Like, yeah. the scientists are just doing their own thing. They're approached by a venture capitalist. He says, come to the island, there's real dinosaurs. And they're like, that seems 
ethically really really dubious. We're not going to do it. And he's like, well, what if I fund all your research and just write you a massive grant? And they're like, yep. Yep. Take my money. Take my keys. Take my house. Where's the plane? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to the island. Which is repeated in Jurassic Park 3. Yep. Alan does only agree to fly over the island with these two people and explain to them what he's seeing. Um, and, like, describe the dinosaurs. He doesn't know they're going to land, but come on. <laughs> um, I, the, I was surprised at how good the dinosaurs looked for a 90s movie. Yeah. They looked phenomenal. There's, like, a lot of good puppetry, really good animatronics. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really it really holds up. Um, I, have, I did mention this as we were watching the movies, but I do think the first movie uses lighting very well so a lot of the scene part of the conceit of the movie and the reason there's so few people at the park is that there's a massive storm moving in Mm -hmm. so for most of the movie it's pouring rain and dark and i think that means like any of the flaws in the puppetry is kind of goes unnoticed because of the lighting yes and i think that was a brilliant choice and it also makes everything more threatening because you can sometimes hear the dinosaurs before you can see them yeah and I feel like the dinosaur violence works because it's either slow... Because T-Rexes are slow, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. They stomp and they they lunge at you, but, they, but you know... Yeah. They, they move slowly. Velociraptors move quickly, but they use very sparingly. Mm-hmm. Like the scene where the kids are hiding from the from the raptors in the kitchen... Yeah. ...is and super, super good. And the velociraptors can, like, open the door handle. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that as a kid and being terrified. Yeah. I always remembered... The stuff that stuck in my mind was when the guy who steals the the eggs mm-hmm. or whatever he's stolen is um this this the poison spray dinosaur with yeah. the gills yeah. gets him and we never actually see him die but it's just well shot yeah like they know the limitations of their tech mm-hmm. and and then I feel like the franchise forgets the limitations of its tech <laughs> for a maybe for four movies yeah yeah <laughs> for three movies. For three movies, and then the tech is not as limited anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Jurassic Park 2 and 3 don't look nearly as good as the first one. They get a bit too ambitious. There's too much CGI. And, I, like, I think you can do great things with CGI, but it is going to look worse faster oh, yeah. than practical effects. Yeah. And there, there's just so much of it in the second two movies. And there's, like, it's difficult CGI, too, like, dinosaur fights. Yeah. And I love to see dinosaurs fighting each other. I It always reminds me of <laughs> one time I was in the car with my mum and we saw these two cats fighting on the street. And we watched them for, like, 30 seconds well before my mum said are they fighting <laughs> oh no every time i watched dinosaurs fight each other in jurassic park i had my mum's voice in the back of my head being like are they fighting please <laughs> oh we hate to see it <laughs> come on guys <laughs> yeah we hate to see the dinosaurs fight in jurassic parks two and three they don't use the lighting as well. Like, there is some... There are some night scenes, especially in Jurassic Park 2. But yeah. 
it's just not used as judiciously. Like they don't hide the flaws of the tech because they're they're trying a bit too hard to be like, look, we have a bigger dinosaur now. The interesting plot thing about Jurassic Park two and three and the way they can say that they have biggest bigger dinosaurs now is that they both take place on a different island. Yeah. Than the first ones. They the do. There's, first... two, there's five islands, actually. But we only see two of them. That's worth remembering for later. <laughs> when we make Jurassic Park 6, more Jurassic, more Park. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning for people to remember when we talk about Jurassic World 2. Mm. There are five islands. Yeah. So the, fir- the island in Jurassic Park 1, where the park is, is called Ila Nublar. And then the both Jurassic Park two and Jurassic Park three take place on Ila Sorna. Yeah, and Ila Sorna they describe as the factory floor of the park. It's where all the freaks live, which doesn't really make any <laughs> sense because they're not like breeding dinosaurs because the the conceit is that they've made all the dinosaurs female so they can't breed. Yeah. But they've also spliced the dinosaurs with frog DNA, and so some of the dinosaurs spontaneously change sex and yeah. then suddenly start breeding, and that's part of what happens in the later movies. Then you've got eggs all over the tank, and you have to eggs. wait for an, a, a shark to come and eat them. If only they'd had a shark on Ila Nublar, we wouldn't have this problem. In the Jurassic Park 2, I got really bored of any dinosaur-human conflict Mm -hmm. because they chose the wrong dinosaurs for it. Yeah. Because most of the violent stuff came from those very, very tiny, like, Mm raccoon-sized little green dinosaurs Yeah, that sometimes jump on you and bite you a little bit. Yeah. So if you're getting killed by one of those, well, you have to get killed by 30 of them. It's a very slow death. (laughs) We spent 10 minutes watching a guy get chased through a stream occasionally tripping over and getting eaten by them, walking over and getting... It was like a slow and horrible process. Yeah. I felt like that movie, my brain was being eaten by little green dinosaurs the the, the size of raccoons. It was a really odd movie. I I really struggled with the plot of it. I don't know if it was the sound design or the sound mixing, but it was very hard when multiple characters were talking at once to pick out who you were meant to be listening to. And here's the thing. The protagonist of this movie is Jeff Goldblum, and they gave everyone Jeff Goldblum-esque dialogue. (laughs) Yeah. People were like, well, there's dinosaurs, and, uh, well, I, well, I, well, I guess that when there's dinosaurs, there's, there's death. <laughs> there's, like, long pauses and then really quick dialogue, but in that exact pacing. And when everyone's doing that simultaneously, <laughs> it's just completely impossible to hear the exposition. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say this for Jurassic Park 2, there is one excellent scene in the cornfield, with the velociraptors. There's, yep. for some reason, a cornfield on this island. Don't question it. Um, it. It's about, like, eye height for the human characters. And they're, like, walking through it. And there's, like, an overhead shot. And you can see the corn stalks being bent as the velociraptors are moving toward the line yeah. of humans. And it looks really cool. They're being picked off slowly. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I have to say that in Jurassic Park 3... All I could remember from that movie going into this was a woman shouting a kid's name over and over and over and over, which is a plot point, actually. Eric! 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 
and a bunch of pterodactyls. Mm -hmm. And I think pterodactyls are my favourite dinosaur. And listen, if you're a bloody (laughs) paleontologist, and I know I'm friends with some of them, I don't know how you're stuck around in this podcast long enough after the one episode where I really go to town on rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know my true feelings. I know that... Pterodactyls aren't actually dinosaurs. I know that pterosaurs are slightly their own thing. But can you shut up? (laughs) Because pterodactyls are my favourite dinosaur. And I'm not going to let facts get in the way of my enjoyment. There's a pterodactyl cage. And they're giant and they walk around in a goofy way. And I think they're because it's very misty and foggy. And that's very effective when the pterodactyls are pecking at... But I wanted the pterodactyls to win. If the movie ended then in a pterodactyl cage and they just ate everyone, even the kid, to be honest, I don't mind saying it. <laughs> the pterodactyls were hands down the best part of Jurassic Park 3, um, which is interesting for two reasons. The first is that the pterodactyl cage is in the novel Jurassic Park, which for the most part is the plot of the first movie. But I think they just didn't have the tech or the budget for the pterodactyls at that point, so they're not in that movie. So they moved them to the third one. But by moving them to the third one, they moved the pterodactyl cage, which was originally an attraction at Jurassic Park, off of Isla Nublar, where the park is. Yeah. Into Ila Sorna, which is apparently just a lab. <laughs> Why do they have the the attraction of the of the pterodactyl cage on the lab island? Why is it there? They're testing it out in case they get in case the pterodactyls come loose. Now the pterodactyls do come loose in movie number two, two. and that's worth remembering for later on. <laughs> They're loose. They're They're right next to Costa Rica. Right at the end of of Jurassic Park 2 when they're flying away on a chopper, which is how basically all of these movies end. Yeah. Um, Except for the the final, for Jurassic World 2. Um, We see a pterodactyl sort of, he's like perched on something. Um, And they all stare at it and they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Even though there weren't any pterodactyls in Jurassic Park 2. No, 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 but they are right at the end. Right and I'm at the like, end. That's because they know they're going to do a pterodactyl heavy movie next. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like we have to talk about Jurassic World. I, okay, Shannon, <laughs> I know I know your answer, yeah. but for the benefit of the listeners. Yeah. If Jurassic World was a real theme park yeah. that was open today, yeah. and you knew of the ramifications of that. Yeah. If you had the knowledge that dinosaurs just get out, that's what happens yeah. in a Jurassic Park, would you go? Yes. Yeah, me too. I'd absolutely go. <laughs> it's our toxic trait. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't even mind if I get eaten by it. Listen, if in my line of work... <laughs> that sounds really wanky. <laughs> where I go for work, I have a high... Ch- no, there's a potent- I ha- there's a possibility that I might get eaten by a bear. Mm-hmm. So I've actually I've, I've thought this through myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be eaten by a bear. Mm-hmm. But if it happens, I can't be angry about that. 
And that's how I feel about the dinosaurs. Oh, what a way to, to go, just chomped by a T-Rex, you Who, know? Which, I, which dinosaur would you want to be eaten by? I think the T-Rex would make it quick, you know? Yeah. Um, Velociraptors are going to, like, tear a chunk out of you, but the T-Rex just... One and done. T-Rex is, is a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, um, I think even though I like pterodactyls, as we know from the movie Jurassic World, they play with their food. They do. <laughs> this is a movie with the most distressing violence. <laughs> it's so extremely violent. Katie McGrath is in this movie and, like, she's kind of wasted in it in, like, a bit part. Yeah. Um, she's like a secretary for Claire, who's one of the executives in Jurassic Park, and she's looking after the two little boys who are Claire's nephews. Mm-hmm. And she's not done anything wrong. She's just trying to look after them and, like, shepherd them to safety. Yeah. And then what happens, Shannon? Then what happens? She gets picked up by a pterodactyl and then tossed between multiple pterodactyls, dropped in the tank with the big water dinosaur. I know it has a name, but I don't know the name. Mark. Mark, the big water dinosaur. Um, and then picked up again by a pterodactyl out of the tank, tossed around a bit more, and then the pterodactyl and her get eaten by the water dinosaur. It's... It's meant to be for laughs. It's meant to be funny, and it's maybe the most violent thing in a Jurassic Park film that I, that we saw. Yeah. Other people do get eaten in this movie, but they just get eaten. One chump and we're done. Yeah. With this woman, and this is important because we're going to go off in a second. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Has just the most horrific death in, like, otherwise... For a movie franchise, which is mainly people getting eaten by dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. pretty family-friendly. Yeah. It's pretty... It's not bloodless, but often what'll happen... Like, this happens in Jurassic Park 2 when, like, the little dinosaurs eat the guy. He's in a river, and he, like, falls behind a log, and you see how the little dinosaurs jump behind the log after him, and then the water running toward the camera starts to run red. Yeah. And that's about the vibe that's of the as, violence. That's as bad as it gets in the Jurassic Park movies. The guy who has, like, the acid spit on him, you see the the dinosaur spit at him, and you hear a scream, and that's it. It cuts away. You don't see his face melting. And when someone gets eaten by a T-Rex, they just get chomped, and then you're not going to see him again because they're in its mouth hole. Yeah, like, that happens in the first one. The lawyer character gets, like, the T-Rex chomps him, and he, like, sort of grabs him, throws him up, and then swallows him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty quick. But yeah, this is the most drawn out death in any of the movies and it's she's just shrieking the whole time. She keeps on getting dropped into the water, starts drowning and then gets picked up by another pterodactyl. Yeah. She's not knocked out at any point. She's fully awake. It's like we're supposed to see it as like punishment for something she's done but she's not done anything. Yeah, we're not meant to like her but she's just trying to get the kids somewhere safe. When there's fucking pterodactyls flying around pecking at people. Yeah, early in the movie, the kids are, before any dinosaurs get out, um, she's in charge of just looking after the kids. She's not, like, super tuned into it, but the kids are, like, 16 and, like, 8. Yeah. Like, they're, they're pretty self-sufficient in a theme park that's meant to be safe. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, in Jurassic World, the theme park is operational. Like, there's people on it, whereas in the first Jurassic Park, the scientists get invited before the theme park opens. Yeah. 
But this one, it's full. Um, so she's, like, there, but she's, like, on her phone doing work. She's, like, heaven forbid she drinks a latte. Um, <laughs> what a... We did that today. Are we marked for death? Our frigid bitches <laughs> with our lattes. That's true. Come at us, dinosaurs. <laughs> and, yeah, like, the, the two boys, for whatever reason, are, like very intense about getting away from her at one point yeah. in the movie. Like, she's done anything. She's not stopped them from going anywhere. She's just kind of around. Yeah, we, we get the impression that she's not enjoying looking after these kids because she's, like, otherwise a fairly high-powered executive. Mm-hmm. And she's just been told to babysit these kids, mm-hmm. which would wind me up, too. I'm not even a high-powered executive. If I was doing my day job, which is... being a researcher and someone made me look after their kids for a day I wouldn't be thrilled yeah I deserve to be eaten by a dinosaur I guess for this sin she must be completely (laughs) yeah just torn apart by velociraptors not velociraptors pterodactyls because the thing is Shannon that women need to love kids and want to have them (laughs) else do they deserve to live (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> Do they deserve I, to survive? I don't know at what point Jurassic Park as a franchise started hating women, but it was sometime between Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3. Right, because in Jurassic Park 1, the women are... You've got the, the scientist, Laura Dern. Yeah. And she is just a great character. Um, she's... She has stuff to do in the plot. Yeah. She doesn't spend the whole time thinking about romance. Yeah. And she she stands up for herself in the face of sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the... I can't remember what the girl's called. She's called Lex. Lex. And she's... Um, she's into computer programming. She's, she's a hacker. <laughs> which This movie calls her a hacker, but what hacking is, is that she can get into a file. Yeah. She, she's she's quite young. She's like 10. But listen, in the 90s, I'm sure getting into a file was hard work. Yeah. So. <laughs> she's good with computers. And number two, you've got Jeff Goldblum's daughter, who is excited about dinosaurs and, and excited mm-hmm. to, to, to follow her dad. Yeah. And is also a very talented gymnast, and that pays off. I think she's called Kelly. Yeah. And his girlfriend, who is a dinosaur scientist of some kind. It's very unclear what everyone's job is in the second one. Yeah. She's... She studies the behavior of dinosaurs, Yeah, maybe? I think so. Something like that. I don't remember her name. Information is not conveyed clearly in Jurassic Park. Maybe she's Part called two. Stephanie. Maybe someone was called Stephanie. I don't know. Uh, but then isn't she called Sarah? Oh yeah, because they shout Sarah like a hundred times. And it's times. like that one video which Sarah. I will link to, where there's that guy and he's in the canoe, and he's sort of waterlogged, and he's completely safe, but his friend is not helping him, and his friend's called Sarah, and it's like Sarah, help me, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> That's what this is movies like. Yeah. In Jurassic Park three, the the lady character is Eric's mum, mm. and she is. Her character trait is hysterical. Yeah, that's all she does. Is Eric! Just... Eric! She's told many times not to yell because it attracts dinosaurs, and every time she yells, it attracts dinosaurs. Yep. And she <laughs> keeps doing it, and that's her only personality trait. No one else freaks out, but she freaks out. She freaks out multiple times. And, like, it's not just that 
her son is missing because the boy's father is there too and he doesn't freak out nearly as much as she does yeah the movie really wants us to dislike her and Uh, it succeeds and it succeeds and then jurassic world (sighs) hates women with a passion I want to back up for a second. (laughs) I remember when Jurassic World was being advertised and people were like, Claire, this character, the main character in this movie, is ridiculous because she's wearing heels and you can't run through a jungle wearing heels. And I I do think that that critique is faulty because her character is not a jungle person. She's not like a ranger. Mm-hmm. She's an executive. She's working mostly in the lab or in mm-hmm. boardrooms. She's not out on the terrain. So yeah, it is silly to say that she shouldn't be wearing high heels. Because why not? Because she didn't expect to run through the jungle. However. <laughs> However. When you do actually watch the movie... Um, One, there's a a weirdly large amount of shots of just Claire's shoes. I never see Owen as Chris Pratt's character. Yeah. Um, I never see his feet, but oh boy, do I see Claire's every second. Um, It gives her, like, the panning shot from toe to head, which is, like, a very look-at-this-woman sort of a shot in cinema. Um, And I think criticism after the movie which got a bit muddled by the criticism from before, that the heels are kind of representative about how the entire movie treats Claire as though she's stupid and unprepared for everything. Yeah. Like, Claire works at Jurassic Park, but knows nothing about anything. Claire (laughs) is, in, in my, in the first movie... She she's better used as a villain, yeah. if anything, yeah. because she seems to be in charge of uh, managing the splicing of a dinosaur t- to create the the Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex again. I nearly called it the Carnosaur, <laughs> which is the bad dinosaur from the movie Dinosaur, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really boring movie about dinosaurs. Uh, so she's made the Carnosaur, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's bad. Except that this again hits on something the movie does where Claire is not really allowed to be competent so the movie blames her for the Indominus Rex but makes it clear that she didn't make or authorize it. Yeah, it was made by Henry Wu from the first movie who's the only guy who knows how to make dinosaurs. Yeah, he's the guy who makes the dinosaurs in the original Jurassic Park, played by B.D. Wong and they get him back for this movie. They put him in a turtleneck and that proves he's turned evil now. He's a villain now. (laughs) He's got turtlenecks. Oh, um, <laughs> he's made the Indominus Rex, and it was okayed by the CEO of the company, whose name I don't remember, but he's taken over from Hammond, who's the CEO in the first movie. The KFC-looking man. Yeah. From the first movie. Yeah, he's been replaced by new CEO, and the que- the sort of conflict scene where they're like, you made an evil dinosaur? I did. You authorized it. Is between them. Claire's not involved. No. But everyone else in the movie acts like Claire personally designed the Indominus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> it... Yeah. What is Claire's job? I don't know. She seems <laughs> to be some sort of... 
I sort of feel like she's in charge of the theme park attractions, but it's not quite clear. At one point she says to some investors, people are bored of dinosaurs. Kids see a stegosaurus and they're like, ugh, cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's what she said. And, um, And props to Claire if she is the person who's designing the attractions for not going full... Special edition Zoo Tycoon. <laughs> Can we break to talk about Roller Coaster and Zoo Tycoon? Yeah, just for a yeah. So God, there, well, they were great, great, great games. There was an expansion of, of Zoo Tycoon called uh, Dinosaur Digs that I had as a kid. Me too. And it doesn't let you set dinosaurs loose on the park at first. You Not have deliberately. to. You have to raise them from an egg, and there's like different fencing you can pick for your little zoo exhibit. Yeah. And you're supposed to pick the electric fence for the dinosaurs, but it doesn't stop you from picking decorative park fencing for your T Rex <laughs> exhibit, and it doesn't stop you from putting electric fence right over the exit to the park. What I would do <laughs> when my dinosaurs inevitably escaped was, well, I've set the park up to be. People can only get around basically through a labyrinth <laughs> from the center of the park to the entrance. <laughs> they can't go out onto the grass. I've put hedges everywhere. <laughs> but the dinosaurs know the way out. Yeah. They just get people. They just pick people up. And they're just like getting confused in the labyrinth. That I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. People like to say that the Stanford, Stanford prison experiment is the best example of like giving someone an inkling of power and seeing them turn evil. Why would you bother setting up the Stanford prison experiment when Zoo and Roller Coaster Tycoon exist? <laughs> and you can build roller coasters that just shoot people into space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I used to just, like, put electric fence... Like, I'd make my park really nice and, like, attract a lot of people. And then once the park was packed, I'd put electric fencing across the exit and replace all the dinosaurs' fencing with park fencing. And they'd just steamroller right over it. (laughs) And then they'd pick up people and, and their little ticker that said how happy they were would be, like... Bob, the park guest, is unhappy with his experience as he's getting, like, swallowed by the (laughs) (laughs) T-Rex. So props to Claire for not doing any of that. Yeah. She's a better (laughs) person than us. Chris Pratt is is an ex-Navy SEAL guy who is now a ranger who... uh, Gets raptors to perform fun tricks. Yep. They're like little doggies and he's like... Fetch velociraptors and they're like woof woof woof. The most excruciating scene in this movie that physically hurt me is when the two little boys are talking to Chris Pratt and they're like, what are the names of the the raptors? And he's like, this is Blue. She's the beta of the pack. And they're like, who's the alpha? And he's like, you're looking at him. And both of us out loud went, no! (laughs) (laughs) I, the thing that was a crying shame is that Chris Pratt looks great. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. But he is just that guy. Yeah. He's just that guy. Yeah. You know when you are in a, in a situation and there's that guy? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm that guy. And you're like, oh, you're that guy. And everyone's like, oh, it's the guy. And you're like, it's the guy. And people are like, stop being a bitch. He's just the guy. He's that guy. Yep. That's his <laughs> vibe. 
The first time we see him, Claire goes to get him to, like, help train the Indominus Rex or whatever. (laughs) And she shows up and we're immediately faced with the fact that they... It looks like they have some sort of, like, torrid romantic history, but as the facts come out, what happened is that they went out on one date and... He got pissy because she was on a diet and said she wouldn't drink tequila with him. Yeah. And he thinks that makes her stuck up and lame, and she should feel bad about that. Basically. Basically. And he's acting like they were married for three years and then had a messy divorce. Like, that's the vibe he brings into their interactions, not that they had one kind of awkward date and figured that they weren't compatible. She's the villain because she wouldn't do tequila shots on a yeah. first date. <laughs> and it really puts me in a, in a weird position watching the film because I want her to be a villain mm-hmm. because she's in charge of the theme park and that's yeah. a villain thing to do. Yeah. But she's contending with him and he's the guy. Yep. He's, he's that guy. And I'd be more comfortable with her being a villain if I even knew what she fucking did in the park. Like, I don't really clearly know exactly how implicated she is in all of this. Yeah. Like, people constantly have to explain stuff to her, so how much she can she be responsible for? I know. I feel like if anything needs explaining to us, it should be done through the kids who are visitors to the park. Yeah. And not any of the adults who work in the park. Oh, I've just remembered friend of the podcast... We, we had a special guest in this movie. Mm. If you... <laughs> from not that many episodes ago. In fact, just one episode ago. He wasn't even in that film. It's Nick Spiderman. Nick Spiderman was in this movie. Who do we mean by Nick Spiderman? We mean Jake Johnson, <laughs> who played Nick in New Girl and... And Spiderman and Peter, Spiderman. Peter B. Parker in Into the Spider-Verse. Um, if you if, if if you hear us say Nick Spiderman, we're talking about Drake Johnson. That's who we mean. Um, <laughs> That's his name. He's in this movie. He's one of the guys in the control room of the park. He has a whole. He has like a vintage Jurassic Park T-shirt because yep. the original Jurassic Park exists in this universe. He's got a vintage Jurassic Park T-shirt. Um, and I know when this movie first came out, people were like, "It, it doesn't make any sense that people would m- go to Jurassic World." In a universe where Jurassic Park existed, but I would like to put to you that I live in a universe where I've seen five Jurassic Park films and would still deliberately go to Jurassic Park. Yeah, I want to go to Jurassic Park more than ever. People might not be able to hear me because I'm getting beers out of the fridge. (laughs) I'm breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I would go to any version of Jurassic Park, and I know the risk. So, the people in the universe of Jurassic Park going to Jurassic World about a generation after the Calamity, honestly, I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's that weird. I'd go to Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes you go to a place where you can get eaten, and that's fine. And I'd be a hypocrite to say that wouldn't be, the, the, you know, it's just... And I think conceptually, it makes sense um, to have the next realm of movies have the park actually get off the ground and have it open, because it never gets off the ground in the first set. Yeah. I think it was really interesting to have it open. I think that's the only good choice Jurassic World made. Yeah. 
I think it's a bad movie, and I think it it hates Claire for no reason. Like, I would love it to hate Claire for good reasons, but she'd need to be treated as more competent in order to be hated. It's the I agree, but the strange thing is the the only part of the movie I really enjoyed was uh, at the end where she's she saves the day, not yeah, Chris she Pratt. Does. She true. lights a flare mm-hmm. and because the carnosaur is trying to destroy the park. Yeah. And she gets the flare, she opens the Jurassic sorry, the T Rex pen. Yeah. She lures the T Rex to fight the Carnosaur the Indomitus Rex. Yeah. And <laughs> And then they're fighting, and it's really tense, and then all of a sudden, Mark, the sea dragon, yeah. comes out of nowhere and eats the Carnosaur Rex. The Indominus Rex. And then the T-Rex is like, Rrrr! and that's Claire's doing. It is great. It is a, It is excellent. But it doesn't feel earned. <laughs> it doesn't feel earned, and I also think that this is really lacking because the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex aren't designed differently enough. Yeah. They're very hard to tell apart in the final fight. Um, Because it's a bit of a, like, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah situation where you're, Mm -hmm. like, you're supposed to be rooting for one of the big monsters and against one of the others, which is the bad one. But... In a Godzilla situation, Godzilla only has one head and King Ghidorah has three. Yeah. In Jurassic World, the Indominus Rex and the T-Rex look identical. The Indominus Rex has a slightly bigger frame and grabbier hands, whereas we know that a T-Rex hands are made for playing the world's smallest violin. Yeah. And that's fine, but they don't look different enough. No, they don't. I would have made the... Because the Indominus Rex is, like, spliced to look cool. I would have just, as a a visual design element of the film, made it, like, slightly blue or something. So you can, like, yeah. kind of tell, because they're, they're both kind of brownish-gray. Or give it horns. Like, some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic World 2 have horns. Yeah. And that's... They look like little devils, and it makes them look different. Yeah. And it's really cool and sick yeah. as fuck. Or we could have given it, like, spines. Yeah. Like, big ones. I think it had little spines, but they're hard to see when they're fighting. Yeah. And, um... Okay. Here's a, a question for you. Okay. As a transitional piece. Mm-hmm. So... We know from the from watching Jurassic Parks 1 through 3. Yeah. There's five islands. Yeah. And we know that for sure that two of them have dinosaurs. Yeah. And in Isla Sauna, the the dinosaur population is even less controlled. Yeah. If you have five islands that say that's populated by dinosaurs. Mhm. There's a volcano on one. Mhm. That's not going to extinct the dinosaurs, is it, Shannon? No, it's not. Welcome to Jurassic World 2. <laughs> the movie that makes the least sense, but is somehow the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> when I said at the beginning that there's one good Jurassic Park movie and two fun Jurassic Park movies, I mean that Jurassic Park 1 is both good and fun. Jurassic World 2 is fun. It's a hot mess. But what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We very early in our friendship we went to see this. Yep. Uh, in together in theaters. Yep. I think I was. I went out of the theater thinking it was 
the worst Jurassic Park movie, but I hadn't seen the other ones recently. It had been so long before I, uh, between seeing the other ones and seeing this, um, that I thought the hot mess of it made it just sloppy and terrible. Jurassic World 2 is, and I'm saying this, okay, I think I mean this. I think it's the most fun I've had drunk in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had some times. Mm-hmm. Mainly watching Cursed Old Blast movies, but also that one time we tried to sing a bunch of musical songs. <laughs> With six or more parts With per six person. Or, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's been limited opportunities for fun, and that's why... But, oh, man. So the... <laughs> The threat in this movie is the Isla Nublar, which is the one with the theme park. There's yeah. a volcano going off, and it's going to kill all the dinosaurs, guys. Uh, <laughs> Claire is now an animal rights activist, and is for some reason not in jail. <laughs> from the events of Jurassic World 1. She's trying to save the dinosaurs. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is in court and he's like, I think we should maybe let the dinosaurs die. And I'm like, maybe you're right, Jeff. Maybe maybe Jeff is right. That's my favorite part of the movie where he's like, just fucking let them die. And you can see in his eyes Jurassic Park 2. But like... The, the volcano's not going off on any of the other four islands. Yeah, just... Just... The, there's dinosaurs on at least one of them. This is a sort of, like, the same... From the map, it's the same sort of hotspot peninsula situation as Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And the argument here is, like, if an island... It, it, you know, all the people in Hawaii are gonna die if on the big island the volcano goes off. Mm. No, the people on the other islands are gonna be a-okay, mm. particularly because of the type of volcano it is. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're checking the news, you'll notice that the Iceland volcano has just been like just puking lava. Mm-hmm. It's puking lava. It's not puking smoke. Mm-hmm. There's two. No, there's many types of volcanic eruptions. <laughs> But, like, you've got the one with all the stuff coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Pompeii style. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to survive that. Or the Eyjafjallajökull. Yes, I do know how to pronounce it. Volcano from 2010. Eyjafjallajökull again. (laughs) (laughs) There is, you know, it'll cause enough ash to change flight patterns and affect the climate, yada, 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 yada. The volcano that's going off in Jurassic World 2 is just is just a lava one. Mm-hmm. It's only going to affect the one island. It's not going to kill all the dinosaurs, but whatever. These are the ones that are all left. They are, they are, you know, sent by some rich guys to the island to save the dinosaurs. What happens then? Well, they go to pick up the dinosaurs, um, and... So the the rich guys promise Claire and Owen that the dinosaurs are going to be moved to a sanctuary, and they show them, like, a model of an island. And I do wonder if the island is real, or if they just, like, made a model, and we're like, yep, this is an island where we're going to send the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, Claire's not checking that on Google. Uh, she's like, that's, yep. Well, you made this whole model. <laughs> Sounds legit. Um... So yeah, they they go and they bring Owen specifically to get Blue, 
the the beta raptor from the last one. We care about Blue. She has an intelligence. Blue has rights. Um Yeah, so he he goes to to help them catch her. Um, and they do, but then they also trank Owen <laughs> and leave him in like a lava flow. And there's an extremely silly scene where he's, like, the tranquilizer is wearing off and he's, like, trying to crawl away from the lava. He's just rolling. He experiences no ill effects from the lava. He's right next to the lava. <laughs> it's so close to him. It's, like, inches away. And it's, like, no, it's it's like a game of the floor is lava when you're a kid. If you yeah. don't touch it, it's fine. Yeah. Being close to it? No, no problem. That's not going to burn your face it's not off. not like it's hot. <laughs> What, like it's hot? <laughs> it's only hot if you touch it. It's only bad if you put it in your mouth. <laughs> That's don't, what you learn in geology. Don't drink the lava. <laughs> That's the first rule of geology. If any of our listeners are in Iceland right now, don't put it in your mouth. But you can walk up to it. Like, very close. You can roll around near it. <laughs> Just... Don't, flailing on the ground don't trying put your to get hand out. in it don't ingest it you, you know <laughs> just it's a common sense situation <laughs> um they i think it's funny how this movie has like two very distinct halves and they're each almost exactly an hour long <laughs> and each is stupid as one another <laughs> the first one is we have to get the dinosaurs off the volcano island <laughs> And I, I love the transition from part one to part two, because they definitely reshot a part of it, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's, like, a convoy, like, a big sort of ship that carries a bunch of trucks floating away from Jurassic Park, um, and the, it's got dinosaurs in trucks, in cages, and Owen and Claire and the one scientist character who doesn't... I don't think any of the other characters have names. I never hear them. And are you talking about the... Who are you talking about? The there's computer, scientist the computer guy. The computer scientist guy. Frank. Franklin. Flynn. Franklin, yes. Um, he's... He's with them. How they, did you not know Franklin's name? He can tie his shoes and count in twos. <laughs> he can zip zippers and button buttons. <laughs> <laughs> he can ride a bike and fly a kite. <laughs> He does computer science and is more useful than you think, actually. It's <laughs> a little Franklin joke. <laughs> For all our... Franklin fans will know. Millennial listeners. Franklin's not a turtle, he's a man. <laughs> he's a man, he's a computer scientist. Um, yeah, they, they're all in this, like, truck. And there's a scene where they're driving the truck off the pier and have to, like, jump it onto yeah. the con the, the ship with all the bigger trucks on it. And they're, like, screaming and flooring it. And then it cuts to the next scene and Claire, like, has a ball cap on, which she wasn't wearing. But it's a John Deere ball cap. She got it from under the seat. That's where John Deere ball caps come from. <laughs> Fairies put them there. That's where they're spawned. Um... She's wearing it, and she and Owen just get out of the car as though they're being stealthy. Like, clearly what's happened is they filmed them just, like, driving on and, like, secretively with everyone yeah. else. Yeah. 
And then the the test audiences were like, that's extremely boring. So they filmed the, like, intense jump onto it, but, like, no one on the ship reacts to that having happened. No, these military guys are like, whatever, Mm. we've seen enough. Listen, they all get to watch a traumatizing moment together. As the last of the lava gets to the shore, we see a brachiosaur just, like, swaying uncontrollably in the heat as it gets taken over by lava and it just collapses. It's so traumatic. But I remember being in the cinema, I was laughing my face off. It's I one know, of I was sitting beside you. <laughs> Sometimes, Shannon, now I know this is hard to remember because there was a... We've been in a cinema-less world for a long time. Yeah. But there was a time when we went to the cinema and me and you would be there. Yeah. And something would happen and it would be objectively hilarious and we'd be the only ones laughing. (laughs) And that was one of those moments. (laughs) I could not... I was pissing myself with that brachiosaur dying. It looked like, you know, when you're drunk and you sort of pass out on your bed? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, I'm not a bad person. But also, <laughs> dinosaurs aren't real, so I can laugh at a CGI dinosaur dying, okay? <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> I take other tr- atrocities super seriously. <laughs> but not dinosaur death by volcano. No. So that's like half of the movie. You might think that's a that's an end to a, a plot. No, no. And no. I think when you see this movie in theaters, not knowing that it has two distinct halves, it feels like the longest movie ever made. It feels like torture, yeah. Um, but when you go into it knowing that it has two halves, each as ridiculous as one another, but entirely <laughs> opposite in tone. Yeah. Then you're so you're so ready. You're so set. So the second part of the movie carries on from a plot point from the first movie that we haven't discussed at length, and it's the plot, the brilliant galaxy-brained idea that the writers <laughs> of these movies had that were like, what can be the evil thing they do with the dinosaurs? I know. The army buys them as weapons? Now, this is something that's rumbling in the first of the Jurassic Worlds, because there's an army guy who's talking to Chris Pratt saying, we can use these dinosaurs for war. And Chris (laughs) Pratt's saying, no, no, that's not nice. And the guy's like, hey, you and me, we're Navy guys. We know how it is. We know how it is. Listen, these things are going to be killer on the battlefield. Chris Pratt's like, what? No, what about drones? (laughs) <laughs> like modern technology and the guy says something that baffles me to this day he says in a real war those things are gonna black out in minutes <laughs> what i don't think that's true <laughs> I don't you're think gonna wish true. you had a velociraptor i'm not gonna call myself an expert in modern warfare but i feel like technology has assisted in mass destruction in recent history i don't know I don't think it's going to black out. And I don't think that the army with the Triceratops as tanks are going to have the edge. <laughs> they're just so intense about it. And they're like, we're going to train these velociraptors for battle. What kind of battle? Are you trying to... Siege warfare on a castle? <laughs> trying to win against Hannibal crossing the Alps on El- <laughs> Like, yeah, well, we have this T-Rex. <laughs> 
Ah, listen, I uh, I did a lot of roleplay, like, war, war PC games as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it, but it's the CDs that I had. Mm-hmm. These are the CD-ROMs that I owned. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that elephants can only take you so far. The mm-hmm. same has to be true for Stegosauruses. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're just, like, it's so taken as... It's funny, because the characters who object to this in the movies, like Chris Pratt's character... They don't object to it on the grounds that it doesn't make any sense. They object to it on moral grounds. They They're like, you can't control a velociraptor. Grounds. Not a velociraptor is next to useless in modern warfare. They've created this dinosaur <laughs> called the Indoraptor. And I don't want to I don't want to shit talk the Indoraptor because I think it's got a very cool design. It's halfway between a Velociraptor and a T-Rex. Yeah. And it's long and it's stealthy. It's got grabby arms but powerful teeth. Yeah. It looks cool. It's got a cool design. It's got like sort of blue and yellow streaks. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Indoraptor. I mm. really love the Indoraptor. But <laughs> when they're doing their dinosaur weapons auction... <laughs> Which happens in the basement of a mansion, unbeknownst to the owner of the mansion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this dinosaur can strike whoever we point a laser at. Here's a demonstration. So they point a, a laser from a gun at a man in the audience. And then they press a little sonar thing, which goes... And then the Indoraptor strikes in that direction. In that entire 20 seconds, you could have pulled the trigger yep. and killed the person with the gun. <laughs> yeah. You do not need the Indoraptor if you're going to do that. I think it's funnier that they, like, in the movie, call attention to that by using the laser sight of a gun <laughs> instead of just, like, a laser pointer. And then yeah. we could have, like, put that together slowly after the movie. No, in the movie itself, they point the <laughs> laser sight of a rifle at the guy. <laughs> like, oh, okay, you've got your sights on him. You can shoot him. No, I'm going to release the raptor. <laughs> For about ten minutes in this movie, Claire and Owen are in a little jail cell and they have a small conversation where, like, Maybe I was wrong to make a theme park of dinosaurs. Or maybe I was wrong to try and train velociraptors. And then that doesn't happen. That, that doesn't come back. Nope. <laughs> they, they get this head, little head buddy dinosaur to break them loose. The little head buddy dinosaur has rights. Oh yeah, that's I a good dinosaur. And here's the thing. I think one of the reasons that Jurassic World 2 is so good is because it has a lot of dinosaur content. Yeah. Like... It celebrates dinosauruses. Which is really, I think, missing in Jurassic World 1. Yeah. So there's this, like... The soundtrack to the Jurassic Park franchise is amazing. John Williams, who did the Star Wars soundtrack, does it. But it's really, really poorly used in Jurassic World. Like, they do the big sort of swelling music where in the first Jurassic Park you see the dinosaurs for the first time. See this in our Jurassic Duck video linked in the description. Oh, yeah. Um, You don't get any more context. No more context. No. Um, Just watch it. That music in Jurassic World is played over the first time they see the park. There's no dinosaurs in that shot. It's just a theme park. <laughs> it's just like, look at all these shops and also a lake. God, you gotta love capitalism. And love. <laughs> capitalism. And ca- capit- <laughs> capitalism. 
capital capitalism. I swear, before we did this podcast episode, (laughs) I knew how to say words (laughs) like quintuple, quintuple, fuck, (laughs) and capitalism. (laughs) This is proof that Castel Blas is broken, right? Yeah. Capitalism and lakes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my start to that sentence was. You've got to love capitalism and lakes. You've got to love capitalism and lakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably um, the worst use of soundtrack we've seen in this podcast, and we've been keeping an ear out. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful piece of music, and they're just like, look, it's a park, and the dinosaurs are extremely underused. Um, but Jurassic World 2 is, like, wall-to-wall dinosaurs. Yeah. And yeah, they're doing stupid things in stupid settings in a weird underground zoo beneath a mansion. Yeah. And it's a weapons auction also. Yeah, it's strange, but at least I get to see them and their little grabby hands reaching at people from outside the bars. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, there's a bit in the movie where the Indoraptor is grabbing at the little girl yeah. from behind the bars, and it's great. But in my head, it's, it reminds me of this time I was in North Ontario okay, with my here parents, we go. and I was sitting around a campfire with my dad, and on we were in, like, sort of low hammock chairs, and on the ground between us was a bowl of corn chips. And I remember looking down to grab corn your... chips okay. from the bowl, and there was a raccoon reaching its little <laughs> hand into the bowl, just slowly eking it toward the bowl. I just stared at it as it grabbed a corn chip. And that's what I was thinking of when the Indoraptor reached its little grabby hand toward the girl was that Fair little raccoon. Enough. All of your anecdotes about Ontario either involve animal hijinks or corn. (laughs) It's Ontario to be that way. Yeah, fair enough. It's the home of the Ikea monkey. And sometimes you see a raccoon in a spot where it shouldn't be and its little grabby hand is trying to take your goddamn corn chip. (laughs) I'm sorry that happened. I think about that once a day. <laughs> a fox ate my grapefruit. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but I feel like you make a salient point because the cinematography in the Jurassic World 2 is irritatingly excellent. It is it is good. It is the best we've seen since the first one. Yeah, they know how to build tension at the beginning. There's there's a a scene. There's a thunderstorm, and they're trying to get um some samples. I don't know. <laughs> there's some bad guys doing some things. <laughs> I can't say any more. It's not because I'm drunk. It's because it wasn't coherent. Okay. Plot is occurring. <laughs> They're in the spot and they're looking for stuff. (laughs) And there's this guy who's not getting to the helicopter in time. He's like, wait, wait, I need to hear back from the guys. Uh, The guys have been eaten by the sea dragon, Mark. Yeah. And in the background, there's like lightning strikes. And every time a lightning strike 
happens, you see an illuminated T-Rex getting closer and closer. Oh, God, it's good. It's good. It's good. And there's a bit where the, when the kid is being, like, touched by the Indoraptor through the bars. There's a bit at the, at the beginning, even before the, the T-Rex, where there's a little submarine um, in the, the water part of the park, and you can sort of see the lightning going above the surface, and then you can see Mark, the The water dragon. dragon. Yeah. (laughs) You can see him silhouetted. Um, There's a bit in Jurassic Park, and yeah, it's stupid that this is happening because it doesn't make any sense, but they're in a tunnel, and lava's dripping into it, and each time the lava, like, drips, there's a flash of red light, and you can see the dinosaur in the tunnel getting closer. And yeah, it's stupid, but it it's looks stupid, nice. But it looks so good. And it's a bit where at the <coughs> end, where the Indoraptor is broken loose and it's trying to, it's crawling around the side of this gothic mansion, and it's trying to get the kid who's also a clone of her mother because science is evil. <laughs> Isn't it just terrible? It's just the worst. <laughs> Maybe science shouldn't happen anymore. <laughs> science bad. It's crawling around this gothic mansion and it's amazing and it's all oh, the shadows. And then it has a fight with Blue, the Velociraptor, who's, yeah. been, who's broken loose. Yeah. And they set Blue on in, the Indoraptor. Now, the scientists have been thinking that Blue has is, is, is you know, going to be a good mother figure for the Indoraptor. But this movie is amazing because Blue doesn't want to be a mum. Blue kills Blue the Indoraptor. Blue kills the Indoraptor. And this completely just ruins the vibe of the first Jurassic World. Yeah. The vibe of the first Jurassic World is like, all women need to be mothers. Or they're terrible. But Blue, <laughs> who's been talked up as this great mother figure of the Indoraptor, mercilessly kills the Indoraptor <laughs> by... <laughs> By fighting it and like pushing it down a, into a, conserv- a glass conservatory where it falls and gets impaled on the rib cage of a fossilized dinosaur. Yeah. God, it's good. It is good. God, it's good. It's just. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's so good. <laughs> why do why are we hating on this movie the first time we watched? And then what happens, Shannon? And then what happens when all the dinosaurs are loose? They go wandering out into the world, and then one of the one of the final scenes of the movie is a T-Rex breaking into a zoo to roar at a lion. So good. <laughs> one of the scenes is that Mark the Sea Dragon turns up in the shadows of a wave as people are surfing. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good shit. Oh, it's good. And then I feel weird, because the movie ends, and I'm like... Am I feeling joy again? <laughs> Did I like that? After so many movies of hating everything I saw. And I think it's because it's it's surprising because Jurassic World is for me the worst one. Mm. I think the first Jurassic World is the worst one. It's got a cool ending, but I'm so aggravated the entire time by every character always. Every writing choice is the worst choice. And yeah, Jurassic World... Jurassic Park 2 is not good, but at least Jeff Goldblum is there, you know? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's there, and we're, we, before doing Cursed or Blessed, were the sole members of the Jeff Goldblum Appreciation Society. Exactly, and we have to appreciate him when we see him. We appreciate and him. And we did. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for... Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> 
so fucking grateful for my Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <coughs> we should make that a song. For our enjoyment only. It was the theme song of the Jeff Goldblum Appreciation Society. Thank you, comma, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Well, this is... Okay, I'm gonna... We're gonna... We've watched five movies. Yeah. Jurassic Park 1. Yeah. Cursed or Blessed. Quickfire. Uh, Blessed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blessed film, and when you suggested months ago that we watch Cursed or... Watch <laughs> Jurassic Park for Cursed or Blessed, I was like... No, this is, it's too, it's too good. It's mm-hmm. not in our remit. It's mm-hmm. not really a kid's film, although it is a family film. I, mm-hmm. I, I've changed my mind on that. Um, and it, it's too solid. But the rest of the franchise ain't. Yeah, and I think we couldn't have just watched the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's too good. It's too good. It's blessed. It's blessed. It would be like when we watched The School of Rock. Yeah. And our complaint would have been, they shouldn't have made dinosaurs, like in The School of Rock. He shouldn't have impersonated his teacher friend. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's the plot. (laughs) Jurassic Park 2, Cursed or Blessed. For me, it's a curse. It's gotta be a curse. It's just, it's just, I was in pain. It's excruciating. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, Cursed or Blessed. Oh, yeah, that was very cursed. I really like the pterodactyls, but only that. Yeah. I just felt like it was mean-spirited, especially mm-hmm. to the woman. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... I don't really like Alan. Yep, I agree. Jurassic Park 3 is cursed. Jurassic yeah. World, cursed or blessed. Oh, it's a low curse. You think it's more cursed than Jurassic Park 2? Yes. Um, because it... it I was livid after watching it. Yeah. In, like, Jurassic Park 2, I was confused. Jurassic World, I was livid. Yeah. It, it just... It hates its characters, except for Chris Pratt, who yeah. has... He's one of the main characters, but he has no arc, because the movie won't let him be wrong ever. Like, he, he's not framed as ever having any flaws. No. But Claire has every flaw. Every flaw. Even flaws every, that aren't her responsibility. Every death is blamed <laughs> on her. There's a scene where she leaves to get help when they think that a dinosaur has gone missing. And she's like, don't do anything. And then when she's gone, Chris Pratt, because Chris Pratt opens the dinosaur pen so that him and um, the security guard can go inside. And then... The dinosaur eats the, secu- the, the security guard and the dinosaur gets out and everyone acts like it's Claire's fault. When it's definitely Chris Pratt's Chris fault. Chris Pratt did that. But it's framed as Claire's fault. Yeah. And that happens consistently throughout the movie. Like, every everyone else does stuff, but Claire is the only one who's responsible for it. Oh, for sure. There's a bit where the mother of the two kids calls Claire while she's at work and she's oh. like, I just called my sons and they said you're not with them? And she starts crying and Claire's like, I'm at work. Like, I, I left, my secretary's looking after them. They're looked after. They're fine. I'll see them for dinner tonight. Yeah. And their mom is like, you're not with them. I trusted you. And just berates Claire in- incessantly. You'll know when you have kids. And she's like, I mean, if I have kids. And then the mom's like, when you have kids, Claire. <laughs> it's just so aggressive. <laughs> and 
been terrible. Ah. And I wasn't that annoyed after Jurassic Park 2. I was yeah. I was very tired after Jurassic Park 2, but I wasn't like raging. <laughs> we are having we've had the rant about sexism in this episode that people wanted us to have in our episode about Greece. Yeah. But we didn't have because there's nothing wrong with Greece. Yeah. So, congratulations, you finally got it. You finally got it. Fuck Jurassic World. Fuck Jurassic World. Jurassic World 2. Cast blast or blast? I'm gonna give it a high blurst. I don't think it's blessed because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This is not a good movie, but it's really enjoyable. And I think that's the spirit of blurst. Oh, yeah. Is that I really loved watching it, but it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. What do you think? This is the quintessential blast for me. And I'm personally glad that we're, like, ending our series of episodes, apart from bonus episodes that we'll talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. We're ending it on, I think, the perfect blast. Because it was absolutely batshit. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Yeah. But it was enjoyable. Yeah. And I don't think it was societally problematic. Yeah, in the uh, same way that Jurassic World was. I think we saw the spectacle that we wanted to see. We yeah. saw dinosaurs at their best. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when they were fighting other dinosaurs. Love that. Yeah. And we got ridiculous dialogue. We got wild implications. I was... Living my life. Blood was coursing through my veins for the first time since this pandemic began. <laughs> uh, I think the true meaning of blurst is Jurassic World 2. Yeah. And um, it's got me excited for Jurassic World 3. Yeah. Even though it's being written by the maker of Pacific Rim 2. I'm not going to get on my bullshit about that. I'm surprised you haven't already gotten on your bullshit about that I on wrote this my podcast. master's thesis about Guillermo del Toro and wrote a whole chapter on the first Pacific Rim, in my opinion, the best movie ever made. Pacific Rim 2 is not that. <laughs> I was betrayed. I've never been so let down by a movie in cinema before. I got robbed that night. My headphones got stolen. Oh, that was that night? By a guy on the street. Oh, and I was still more annoyed about Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> well, you know, it puts things in perspective. I wanted so much from it. I loved all the people they cast in it. I was so excited. Yeah. It was not the same. Oh, I'm sorry. It's And they've, they've got the writer of that movie to write Jurassic World 3. And I'm afraid. But I'm excited at the same time. (laughs) I'm less emotionally invested in Jurassic World 3 than I was in Pacific Rim, so... Yeah. I I think I could enjoy Jurassic World 3. Jurassic World 3 has all of the characters coming back Mm -hmm. from the franchise, including Nick Spiderman. And aren't we excited for that? We're so excited to see Nick Spiderman... And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. In the same. Maybe they're going to act side by side. Oh, God. The power of this. It's too powerful. There's certain, there's certain media that are just, that we've consumed together that yeah. are just going to, like, stay with me. <laughs> and I'm talking about anything with Jeff Goldblum in it. Yeah. You, girl. Yeah. It Chapter and 2. It Chapter 2. <laughs> and Hotel Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> and I really just need... Worlds to collide. Worlds yeah. are not going to collide from it, Chapter 2. I don't think those 
people are going to be in Jurassic World 3. No. But, God, am I excited. Shannon, I have another question for you. Yeah. Uh, cursed or blessed? <laughs> Has it been cursed, blessed, or blessed? I think it's been blessed. It's been a blessed experience to watch so many shitty movies. We have spent... For a while, we were doing weekly episodes. We were watching a potentially terrible movie every week. (laughs) And then because of the emotional, like, just pain of that, we watched it every other week in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we could have been watching so much good stuff. Yeah. We could have been learning skills. (laughs) But we didn't. But I think we did learn skills. And I'm going to say that this has been a blast experience for me because I've loved... Learning how to edit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent where I might want to consider this stuff as, as part of a future career. Like, mm-hmm. I do a lot of science outreach stuff, and I think using this uh, as a sort of comedy vehicle has, has ha- allowed me to maybe merge those two interests. Mm-hmm. I've, I've pitched a, a podcast as a potential part of my PhD thesis. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on uh, another. Po- if you want to listen to a very different podcast <laughs> that I work on, you can go to the Polar Times. It's the uh, um, Association of Polar Early Career Researchers. Uh, we interview different scientists each week uh, from Antarctic and an- from the Arctic and Antarctica, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the- it's very different from this, but it's good, and I edit it. <laughs> Um, Watch the space for a, a podcast about um, monsters in various conservation areas. Oh, sick. Uh, that's what I'll be be up to for the next couple of years. Watch the space, too, for a podcast about field adventures in the Arctic and uh, merging different voices in... Uh, Arctic ecosystem change, but in like a fun way. I know that sounds really depressing, but that's sort of my intersection. Mm. Depressing and fun. (laughs) (laughs) And also watch this space for other comedy ventures. And Mm. I think we're going to make bonus episodes for Cursed or Blurst. Yeah, we absolutely will. We've got one planned already. Um, We're going to... I'm moving back to Canada in less than two weeks. Um, But soon... 2021 Eurovision is happening. Oh. So we'll be doing an episode for that. Yeah. Uh, we'll watch it separately and then record together. It'll be on Zoom, so the sound quality will probably be better. Yeah. You might hear us shuffling around and going and getting beer from the fridge. Yeah. So, and also, we have covered stuff that is sort of mid-franchise already. Mm-hmm. Um, that are getting updates fairly soon, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we're going to cover that stuff. Absolutely. For example, we recently did uh, an episode on 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Um, cartoon and live action. Of course, soon we're getting Disney's Cruella. Yeah. So I think we should do an update. Absolutely. And talk about Cruella. Yeah. Obviously, Jurassic Park. Three. Jurassic World 3 is out in 2022. Um, Princess Switch 3 will be out soon. You're We're right. We're going to have to do oh, an update God, on I'm that so one. I'm so glad you finally watched those. Yeah. Um, so we're not, this is not really the last episode, but it's the last episode on this sofa. Yeah, it's the last, <laughs> the last of our regular episodes, but we'll still be uploading 
a couple of times throughout the year. So don't just unsubscribe. I just don't know why you'd do that, but don't do that. <laughs> We're still around. And all of our other, other episodes are staying in the same place, so you can go and listen to ones you've not listened to yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think people don't listen to our episodes if they've not watched the movie. You can get our movies from most places. Here's where we've gotten our movies. Netflix. Yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime. This website called Boxer Broadcasts where... <laughs> don't go on it. No, it's so slow. It's if you've got a UK educational account, uh, then you can go on Box of Broadcasts and find archival TV footage, including movies with adverts. But I I warn you, it's very slow. People haven't updated it in years. And uh, if you're an art student in North America, you can check the Criterion collection. If you're currently enrolled in a university, you should have a subscription to that. Um, so do check that for our movies. I can't get onto it because I'm not enrolled again yet until September, but something worth looking at. If you are so desperate to watch a movie but you can't find it anywhere, like, pirate it! We, <laughs> for a while, we... For a while, we got our... <laughs> we got our... We went on solar movies, which yeah. is pirating. <laughs> and it's a lot of porn <laughs> just advertised so you don't want to necessarily do that but you yeah. can if you're feeling up to it some of our movies we just straight up rent from iTunes or Amazon Prime yeah um, and some weirdly you can find on YouTube yeah so um, the stuff is out there we can help you find it if you, there's something obscure do you have a movie okay I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. One movie that we've covered in Cursed or Blessed that mm-hmm. people, like, you think they have to see and one that they should super avoid. <laughs> I think... Well, super avoid is is easy. I think people should avoid Return to Oz. <laughs> it's the second movie we did and it scarred me. <laughs> I sometimes have nightmares about the wheelers. They're horrible. Or Mombi the Witch who can change heads. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> that God, really bothered you at the time. awful. Oh my God. Um, for something I think you, like, have to see... I guess I'm going to give two potential answers. One okay. of them, for movies, I think it's got to be Jurassic Park. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I think it's really interested in actually engaging with the the idea of de-extinction without straight up being, like, de-extinction bad, but also being, like, there could be possible unintended consequences here and we have to really think hard about it. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I think it stands up. For just things we've watched, I think Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the the sitcom. Watch it or avoid it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. The sitcom. Not, oh, the not, sitcom, not, not the Netflix the, Not one. the Netflix show. Okay. The Netflix show, let's not talk about that. The sitcom holds a, a very important spot in my heart. I think it's very fun. Yeah. I think it's comforting and sweet. Um, yeah. I think if people are looking for something nice that we've watched, that's one that maybe not everyone... And not every one of our listeners has actually seen, and I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's a good answer. What about you? Why are you laughing? I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. I do. 
You don't. <laughs> For things not to watch, I was going to say Return to Oz, but you said that. Yeah. And I don't want to be a copycat. Yeah. And I'm going to say don't watch Glee. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Because who's re-watching really Glee, first of all? Mm. But if you've not watched it, please don't. It's just damaging. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it wound me up so much as a teen that I think it's made me as jaded as I, as jaded as I am today. Yeah. I think it's done me a world of bad. Mm-hmm. I think it does a lot of groups a world of bad mm-hmm. without realising. Don't do it. Every episode is... Every movie we watch on Cursed or Blast that we decide is either blurst or cursed has elements to it that are like, God, that's going to be damaging to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not great. Or is super incoherent and it wasn't a complete good use of my time. That is like 500% every episode of Glee. Yeah. There's so many seasons of it, don't watch it. Yeah. What I think you should watch... And I'm saying this based on our remit. If you're listening to Cursed or Blurst, wanting things that are, like, so bad they're good, like, nostalgic potential of just, what the fuck did I just see? Mm -hmm. But enjoyable? Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably what you were predicting I was going to say. Do you want to say what I was going to say? What were you going to think I was going to say? Is it cats? It's cats! (laughs) (laughs) I love cats! (laughs) I've been to see it in the cinema twice, and if the coronavirus hadn't scuppered things, I would have been to see many cult screenings of cats already. (laughs) You know it's true. I do know it's true. But I I don't think it's the best movie we've seen. I think the highest quality movie we've seen is probably Grease. Yeah. I love Grease. Grease was great. But listen, (laughs) the... For cursed or blessed, people, people, and here's the thing: people will avoid seeing cats mm-hmm. because they've heard it's just bad. But it's not boring, bad guys. It's oh no, it's not good. It is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is the most. It's the one with the most potential to be a cult classic that we've watched. Yeah. It's. It really is something else. And. Here's a question for you before we finish. Yeah. If you have been listening as a listener, but I haven't listened to all of the episodes, let's <laughs> phrase that again. If you've been a sort of like casual listener and have not been listening in intently, mm-hmm. Shannon, what do you think they should listen to? Which which one episode are you like the proudest of or you want people to, to listen to? Gosh. That's a difficult question. I'm pretty proud of Pinocchio, honestly, our first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that one a lot. It's a bit scrappier than our other episodes. If you want, like, one of the more polished ones, I would go with the Jumanji episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I quite like. That was a, a really weird situation of a cursed and a blessed. We weren't we... expecting it to be so good. Yeah, because we did Jumanji, the original one, and then Jumanji, uh, the the newer video game reboot, which we really had low expectations for, but I yeah. really liked. <laughs> um, yeah, what about you? It's, it's a hard one. Well, Pinocchio was nice and nostalgic, because we went from having the idea to do it to recording that so quick yeah and it's because we went to brunch with our friends uh gagana and Mm -hmm. um 
Lizzie uh, mm-hmm. from Canada. And we got talking about Moby Dick. Uh, if you want to learn the whole Moby Dick thing, listen to the start of our podcast. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of did it without much prep. Yeah. And we've kind of stuck to a similar format. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the episode that I'm proudest of the most is is the Eurovision episode. Yeah. It's not really on the remit of Cursed Old Blast because it's not a, a movie. It's mm-hmm. not a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's it hits that energy of, this is so entertaining, but what the fuck? Yeah. I think we tried a different format and it paid off. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of cultural sharing. Mm-hmm. And so recently we watched an old Eurovision, I think it was from 2016, yeah. Sweden. And the way you got pissed off at the voting scheme mm-hmm. matched the energy of you getting pissed off at the voting scheme that I did an algorithm for. Yeah. And as a coder, I'm so pleased that my algorithm worked. <laughs> so that's my answer. It's the Eurovision episode. And again, guess what? We're having one coming We're up soon in May. Eurovision 2. I really enjoyed recording the Eurovision episode. I thought that was really fun to do. And, like, playing the clips of songs as we were <laughs> refilling our drinks, mostly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, these sort of surprising films we watched. Stuff we thought would be, like, a, a dead ringer that we'd have an easy record for, like, Matilda, and just ended up not having anything to say. Yeah. And then kind of having to zag to a new episode. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's been more common than I thought, and it's one of those things that we had to get used to. Yeah. Especially because I think we had a string of those episodes at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, God, people are just going to think we've quit. Yeah. But, like, it's... But we had some, like, refreshingly zaggy episodes. For yeah. example, Matilda didn't work out for us, so we switched to The Emperor's New Groove, and yeah. we had a great time mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. episode. And we were fresh from a horrifying experience with the biggest spider I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you were able to turn that spider into a corpse. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed our Christmas Cracker episodes, doing the, like, really short ones. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was really fun, watching all those, like, god-awful Christmas movies from Netflix. Ugh. It was excruciating, but the episodes, I think, were really fun. Yeah, yeah, I Um, agree. It was interesting to revisit some of the uh, old old school Disney ones. Yeah. Which I thought were, like, very quality when I was a kid, but it turns out people in the past were just stupid. (laughs) Like Snow White? Why would you enjoy that? Jeez, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear lord. (laughs) And doing some of the old Disney plus recent live actions were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'll be doing that again with Cruella, possible yep. um, reunion for others that might come out, because Disney yes. can't seem to fucking stop doing that. Exactly. Like, yeah, Beauty and the Beast is the one that we did. Yeah, I've not been able to stop making egg jokes since that. Yeah. <laughs> This has been a very nice project, especially because there's nothing else to do for fun in these corona times. Yeah. It's been, you know, some there's something quite nice about, like, getting a, some nice alcohol, mm-hmm. some good takeout, and mm-hmm. watching the worst stuff you can find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will be back, but I just want to also, like, 
thank you everyone who's tuning in every two weeks consistently. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a pretty consistent listenership. Yeah. You know who you are. Shout out to you, everyone. And particularly yeah. people who've been like, you know, supportive throughout and giving us like great th- we've had some super fans. Yeah. So thank you. We've had some suggestions from people. Mm-hmm. We've had some some good engagement. And that's great. And we'll still be around. So share with your, your friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're if you're stuck for something to do, watch some bad movies and talk about them online. Honestly, it's very easy to do. You just need a microphone and just chat shit for an hour. It <laughs> and you know, if someone can listen to it while they're cooking a meal during the pandemic, you've done a good thing. I know. That's been the nicest thing when people are like, I was feeling really crummy and these episodes help me just to like mm-hmm. pass the time. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do, pass the time. Yeah. So uh, tune in to, for more because this project is not fully finished and, mm-hmm. and we're moving on to some cool audio adventures. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll stay blessed. Absolutely. I can't promise to stay blessed. <laughs> what kind of promise is that? Yeah. No one's perfect. <laughs> I think humanity is a concept. Humanity is blessed. Blessed. Yeah. 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 All tr- cursed? No, we're blessed. Blessed. That's the true meaning of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of humanity is blessed. <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs> <laughs>